Welcome to episode 251 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to uh, the show. We're actually doing this a little bit different today because uh, as many of you may have heard, we had a huge earthquake in New Zealand last week and uh, the good thing for John and I was that we'd actually pre-recorded this week's show. So we would recorded this show before the earthquake happened. So the real show is going to happen in a few minutes, but John and I thought we'd get together and um, just talk about what's been happening in Christchurch before we get on to this week's show. So uh, here you go, mate. Good. Well, as good as can be expected, and uh, I think it's kind of ironic as you listen to the listen to the show a little bit later on. Um, we did get a little precursor of, of the earthquake because we were sitting there recording the show or pre-recording the show, and we did get a, a small shake, which we'd really become accustomed to. And uh, little did we know, you know, a couple of hours later was the big one to come, which was uh, pretty horrific, and the consequences of it are now being felt rather hard. Uh, just just so you guys know, John, you're you're on criteria right now, aren't you? Yeah, so we uh, left town on Friday, basically didn't have any power or water. We had power came on about 30 minutes before we left, so the earthquake was on Tuesday, middle of the day. Um, so we sort of went through Wednesday, Thursday, and um, and half of Friday without any power, sort of didn't have water. And how we just had to basically shore up the house and really for the, the, the good of the kids need to get out of town. You, really, you know, when these things happen, you can't do anything and kids you know firstly they're, they're sort of dealing with it which our kids um, dealt with very very well but there's there's nothing to do and uh, yeah. kids being kids get rather bored you can't go anywhere there's no preschool there's um, no TV on to watch there's, you, you know, it's, it's difficult to go to parks um, so for the good of them we sort of just uh, got out of town and, and based up in Criterion we'll come back when um, basically when, when water's probably restored I think uh, you'll probably find that might soon because at my house I have water and power right now, so you'll probably find you you know you may be able to it might be it's on. very pat- very patchy, and that's the thing. Like uh, when 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 it all happened, you know, across the road um, from us, just literally across the road, they got power back on within about sort of thirty six hours. We still didn't get power for you know for nearly four days, and uh, and the, yeah, you're just you're, you're, you know you're sixteen seconds. I think my record is on the bike to get around the place, <laughs> and there's, there's, there's still no water up up, up our hill. So so, uh, really so, so tell me about yeah. where you were at the time. I haven't actually had a chance to talk to you uh, since since then. So other than like text and email. Um, tell me what happened, where were you, what happened? Well, we basically finished recording a show about 10.30 in the morning, I think it was, and um, I went home, took Thomas off to, to swimming, a swimming lesson, um, got back at 12, we got, got back at, uh, probably only got back about 5 or 10 minutes before it actually happened from swimming, so it would have been pretty terrifying to actually be in the little swimming pool when it was all happening, so yeah. kind of relieved that, that was, um, we, we did get home. So really just home and um, lunch was on the stove, so we're cooking, Felicity was in bed, and I was just upstairs, um, I can't actually remember what exactly what I was doing, and and then it obviously struck, and you know, because we're used to it now, we obviously knew what was going on, and knew it was it was uh, it was a big one, and basically just grabbed Thomas and Belinda was was right there as well, so three of us were together, which was which was good, and and really just tried to stay as calm as we could, basically compared to anything else we had. 
you know, everything in our house was just smashing everywhere. Our kitchen is um, is quite an open kitchen in terms of all our shelving and stuff. So pretty much the whole pantry completely fell out on the kitchen floor with stuff smashing everywhere. The fridge opened and basically deposited itself on the floor. All that, Pretty much all our plates fell and smashed. Um, a lot of our shelving just automatically fell down and smashed. Vases were smashing all over the place. So you don't exactly, I don't exactly remember, you know, a lot of people talk about this thunderous noise they could hear, mm. whereas for me it was really just a, a, a smashing and, and obviously shaking. And it's very, very hard to explain if you haven't been in a major earthquake, which most people haven't. I, I guess it's just like a big giant standing next to your house just shaking the shit out of it. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and as soon as uh, that first shake had gone, you know, we ran downstairs, um, grabbed Felicity, who, uh, who was, had pretty much slept through it. She'd just gone down for sleep. And then got outside and assessed. So it was uh, it was it was pretty horrific. But you know, I think the quake's one thing. It's more the the the, the aftershocks and and the reverberations of what it actually is go, it's going to mean in terms of obviously the loss of life and and life as we know it is is probably more traumatic than the actual shock itself. So, so um, how just, about you, Dylan? Well, well, just before we move on to me. So your house, you, I, I drove past your house. You got some pretty major damage in your roof. Yeah, so until we've basically got a tiled roof, um, you know, probably 20, 30 years, probably close to 30 years old in terms of these old sort of concrete sort of type tiles, and yeah, pretty pretty badly damaged actually. Um, it's, a, it's a split level house, so along every ridge line we've got basically all the tiles completely popped off and left sort of a, a gap in the roof of probably about <clears throat> half a meter down every single every single um, sort of ridge line of the house, um, and. Internally, you know, we had a lot of cracking after the last earthquake, but a lot of that has got a lot bigger and, and basically, you know, full-on <clears throat> cracks all the way through the jib, um, extensively through the house, all through the roofs. So we actually had, ironically, the, the assessors through our house on Friday, so, you know, three or four days before the, before the quake, and we had about about $10,000 worth of damage um, to our house from, from the first quake. Um, I would say that it at least be double, so I think we're looking at sort of twenty to $25,000 of damage but but you yeah, really our house is is not, is not that bad at all compared to compared to a lot of the houses around town. Yeah, like over the last few days, I've had a real chance. I've been out digging up. There's so much silt. There's silt everywhere. Like the other day, for example, we went and helped somebody in their house, and it was probably 400 square section. It wasn't a very big section, and there was 10 of us digging up silt for three and a half hours. And you know, we only just got that done in three and a half hours. It was just madness. But um. Uh, so, so what was I doing was I actually just finished the show putting up on the internet and I was just going through my emails and then it just hit and I just jumped into the doorway and yeah, as I was saying, as John was saying, it was just pretty horrific but I don't actually remember much of the shake other than the fact I was holding tight because uh, for me, like John was saying, it was just suddenly go. You know, there was no kind of preparation. It was just like bang, shit. And then at the end of it, just everything in my house had fallen over. Like the kitchen was the same as John's. I had a surreal experience afterwards because... Um, the, the cell phone networks were down, but you were getting texts through occasion, and I, I was just trying to get hold of people to see if they were safe. So, luckily for me, Joe and Tyler were able to contact me quickly uh, through text, and then and then I was just trying to get through my family. But I had a, a little um, radio, so I was listening to the radio, but you just you didn't know what to do. You're kind of just like for like three hours, I was just standing there going, "Well, should I go into town and help people, or should I stay here?" And it was just it was just kind of one of those. Ex- experiences in life where you have no control over what's happening 
Um, and then as the news was coming in, it was just you kind of knew that this was a lot worse than the first one that we had in regards to people were going to die and that the carnage in the city was pretty bad. And so um, for me, uh, house-wise, my house is more damaged than the last one, but not severely damaged. I'm pretty fortunate, really. Um, for me, the big implication is work. I work in the main part of Central City, and so like, I'm, I'm probably going to be without work for the next three months, really. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, regards to that way what happens but it's it, like I've had a chance to go around a lot of the city and like for example my parents live on St Andrews Hill and St Mar- over in um, Mount Pleasant Way and their house they've got some big damage they've probably got about $50,000 to $100,000 worth of damage but driving up their street just about every two out of three houses will be written off like it's that bad yeah, totally. And my parents are basically the same. They live up on a hill and, uh, in Reckless, which is one of the really badly affected yeah. areas. And I, I had to go in around there to help them start doing a clean-up, and they had windows smashed out and everything. Um, not sure the damage, the, the, the final damage to their place. It looks like their house has dipped quite badly on one side, but I think it'll be recoverable. But biking up their hill called Monk's Spur, yeah, roofs were completely popped off. You know, you'd be, you'd be biking past, say, a brick house, Yep. And um, all that would be standing would be the, the you know the framing of the house. The whole yeah. brick side of the house would have just dropped off. So it is. Uh, I think the main things I want to get across is, is the TV is not over-dramatizing what it's like. I mean, after the first quake, the first quake was incredibly bad, but it was very it was isolated to certain areas of town. Yeah. Um, there were, like people were screwed. You know, the houses were screwed. It was it was wasn't was incredibly bad in terms of a world quake. It was a bad one, but. This one is, is far more wide-reaching, and I think for Devon and I, it hits home a lot harder because a lot of the, the major damage is, is centralised right where we are. The, the epicentre of the quake was was only, as, as the crow fly, flies, was only probably about five kilometres away, so we felt it very, very hard. But yeah, my parents' place <coughs> smashed in windows, um, but they're all going up their hill. The roads, you know, the roads are just, just cracks everywhere. So it, it's, big, it, it's bad, but I think one of the main, main messages, I was just watching a little bit of news this morning, and um, I saw Phil Kogan from The Amazing Race was on TV and uh, and he's really one of the key messages he's trying to get out around the world is New Zealand is still open you know Christchurch is majorly screwed but the airport is open um, the rest of New Zealand is, is unaffected uh, so you know the main thing that if anybody out there listening can do is really is, is obviously to support New Zealand but you know, tourism is a key thing for us. So, you know, Christchurch is screwed, but the rest of the country is absolutely fine. Don't cancel anything if you're planning any holidays over here. If you're <coughs> thinking about doing races like Challenge Wanaka or, or Ironman New Zealand or anything like that, yeah. the rest of the country is fine. So that's what is going to hurt the country if, if, if people freak out and decide not to come. So, so, so they really had um, John Keyes, who's our, our Prime Minister, on the news last night, and he was talking about um, the cost. And the cost to the city is going to be with both earthquakes combined, around $20 billion, which is just massive, you know, and like they're talking about the central city and, and our main bus, business kind of district, and a third of all, all buildings in that area are gone. So I think that gives you guys an understanding of how kind of bad this really is. And, and when it comes to the outside world um, or to suburbia, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a third, but there's going to be a huge, huge number of people who are homeless. So... 
It's, it's, but I guess maybe we can mention about um, sort of what's happened since the quake. Obviously, a lot of it centres around the actual damage that happened. But firstly, we had the, the major one at 12.51. Um, and then I think it was about 20 or 30 minutes later, wasn't it? There was a, yeah. another huge aftershock. And we were literally just about to step inside the house to just try to um, retrieve a couple of things. We were literally in the front doorway. And my goodness, that was a bit scary. Um, trying to actually, yeah, almost stepping back in and then all of a sudden things yeah. crashed around you. But, but then the night after the quake is, is what really um, a lot traumatizes a lot of people. Basically, the quake was 12.51, so around lunchtime. But for the rest of the day and all through the night, you, I, I don't think anybody in Christchurch other than our flipping children and, and, and other children got yeah. a wink's sleep because every five to ten minutes you feel this quake. Maybe yeah. every half hour you get a really big one. So you just lie there. Just, just scared shitless. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much, you, you kind of, I felt that, okay, we've had the big one, but the big one still really came through, really shook the house badly. So you got a full night of, of we got completely zero sleep. And, and also, you know, for all the rescue efforts, all those people that are, that are doing things, you know, they're working on, on, on zero sleep from that first night because I can't imagine any adult would have um, would have been able to sleep through any of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's major. It's it's horrific. And loss of life is, it looks like it's going to be around you know between two hundred and three hundred. Um, so it's a tragedy. But you know we've just got to stay positive, pick ourselves up, and um, and the great thing is the community spirit is, is shining through, and people are you know really working together and and uh, and helping each other out. But I think that the really tricky time is going to come in a couple of weeks' time when. You know, we do have to try to get on with, with lives and um, the rest of the world is going to slowly start forgetting about what's going on. Um, yeah. It's going to be the really tricky time. So if you do have friends and family and stuff, that is going to be the time when they're probably going to need you most is in a few weeks' time when, when things do start to return to normal. But, you know, they're still going to have crappy roads to drive over. They're still going to have be thinking about, you know, dead friends. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of people are not going to have jobs. Like, Bevan's not going to have a job to go to, and that's when the tough times are going to start to kick in. It's, um, it's, it's, it is really interesting. Well, some of the nice things about it is it does bring people closer. Um, you know, like, obviously, when it happened, you're, you're looking after your neighbours. And today we live in a society where you don't tend to, you know, you're not really neighbourly like we did maybe did 50 years ago and and you know there's lots of beautiful stories of people doing some really special things to help people out and and you know like people just going out and digging crews and stuff like that like there's lots of good stuff happening but at the same time there is a feeling of stress in the city um like driving around the roads are just so congested and, and like my partner joe who's is quite a relaxed person i can just there's just a tension with her that's you know she's just tense all the time and she's getting really frustrated when she's driving and she's on edge all the time and i think um that's a it's a real feeling for a lot of people and it's just it's really horrible way so it's it's definitely been a pretty challenging time one thing that uh, i've been kind of john's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes because he's up in criteria and he's got a bit more time but he's been doing some really wicked work and trying to do some fundraising do you want to tell about what you've been doing mate yeah, so we're going to have, um, hopefully, towards the end of this week, we'll have a number of auctions going live on, on eBay. Um, so I'm just sort of working through that at the moment. But we've had a really good response so far. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to have, I think, probably about seven or so auctions going. Um, some of the guys that are helping out, DCM Sports, um, they're providing some Newton shoes. Blue 70 are throwing in um, some wetsuits. Copies of Wire Course are great supporters. Challenge Wanaka. We've got a race entry. Um, Vineman 70. This morning? I haven't seen that yet, no. Oh, he said he'll give an interview to every race they do. Awesome. So we're going to have a whole bunch of entries for challenge races around the world. Um, 
Ryan Man 70.3 putting it up an entry and then I'm working my way through <coughs> contacting a number of pros um, Chrissy Wellington's going to be giving us a bunch of stuff probably from Ironman South Africa a whole bunch of memorabilia I'm going to have a sort of a Kiwi package so that's going to have a, a jacket from Bevan Doherty which he wore at the um, Commonwealth Games in Melbourne Yvonne Van Blurk and I was speaking to her partner Thomas the other day she's going to have a whole bunch of stuff um, helmet and race gear and wetsuits and what have you um, Cam Brown and Joe Lawn are going to have something to go in a sort of Kiwi package and I'm just waiting to hear back from a number of other pros so do look out for that stuff I mean there's going to be a lot of great product in there there's also going to be a lot of great memorability I'm, I'm going to try to spread it over quite a few auctions and just try to get as much money as we can yeah. and we'll basically put that uh, we've just got to decide on the exact um, uh, charity we're going to give it to but it's obviously going to be to help with you know helping people in, in hardship and Christchurch at the moment so um, I'll keep it updated on Facebook um, I'm going to try to use as much news media as I can to get maybe, it out maybe, there maybe we should actually um, start the auction next Tuesday Okay, yeah, so I can do that. At, at the end of the show, we can kind of let everyone know that the auction started and then, you know, we can go from there forward. But, but a key thing that's going to be really important for us is going to be for you guys to help publicise it and get it out to all your tri clubs, get it onto all your Facebook pages because yeah. uh, we just, uh, you know, uh, we, we need to raise as much money as we can because, uh, the, yeah, as Bevan said, the, the dollar damage is just, is just going to be immense and uh, every little bit is going to help. And, um, yeah, I guess really a, a main thing I want to get out there is People are racing Ironman New Zealand this weekend, um, especially the Cantabs that are going up. You know, some people like uh, two-time age grouper of the week, Andrew Black, he, he works in the city centre. His bike it was uh, uh, in his car, so he can't actually access his bike. He's, he's got my um, my TT bike uh, that he's borrowing for now, and it sounds like Cervelo might be helping him out um, in terms of a bike for the day. So, but really, you know, our thoughts go out to people that are racing Taupo and, and they've been building up for such a long time. It's sport seems so minuscule compared to the things that are going on, but those people, you know, it's going to be a way to relieve a bit of stress for them. So make sure if you see any Christchurch people up there, give them a lot of, a lot of encouragement and. Uh, and, uh, yeah, good luck to all those guys that are racing this weekend. I think one thing that needs to be said um, from both John and my behalf is, is thank you to everybody who sent through messages. You know, we got so many messages um, of, of support and offering support and, and all the rest of it. Like, it was mind-blowing, uh, the support that you guys showed us. Um, you know, obviously, you know, guys know we're in Christchurch, and, and, like, within seconds, we were getting messages on Facebook, on email, on Twitter, just, you know, showing you know, worried about us, I suppose, and making sure we're okay. And, like, I know I couldn't get hold of John at first, and I know there was a lot of concern about uh, – because I was able to go on Facebook pretty early and put a message out there. But, you know, for John, we were – it was a little while before we could get hold of him and put a message up. And um, just the support you guys showed for us. Like, you know, we love – John and I love this community of I Am Talking. Um, it's in times like these where you guys really shined on how great this community is. So we – just to everyone who sent us a message and everyone who had, had us in their thoughts – um, we just want to say a real huge thanks because it really did make a difference. It really did. It was nice to know that the rest of the world was kind of thinking about us in this tough time. Yes, totally echo that. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's it's tough, but it's we're going to get through it. You know, I, I'm ve- I'm very 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 passionate about Christchurch and Canterbury. It's an awesome place to be, and um, you know, we're going to get through this. It's just going to be uh, some very very tough times, but you know, we're just going to. Have to band together and um, need the support of a lot of people. And, and as I said, you know, the, the big thing for New Zealand, um, may, our biggest 
dollar earner for our country is tourism. So um, if you're thinking about coming and doing a race in New Zealand, that can be one way that you can help our country sort of stay stay afloat. And um, and uh, yes, again, thanks for everybody who sent in messages. And good thing is, Bevan, we produce again. The show keeps going on. That's we right. We produce every week, no matter what. James, the wise one, both Chelsea through him. I guess you're not going to break the five year streak, are you? And I said, don't worry, mate. We're pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Okay, mate, well, I'll leave you to it. So uh, we'll just get back into the normal show right now. We'll start right from the start. But uh, just once again, thanks for all your support, team, and we'll be back in the studios next week. All right, guys, welcome along to episode 251 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Very good. Do you know what? What? We should always record around 9 o'clock. Why? My voice is more warmed up. Oh, okay. Because when we normally record early, I've just got out of bed. Uh, you could get up a little earlier and do a bit of singing, a okay, bit of practice. Right. I've got this thing. How's my throat? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's not good, is it? When no. you're using drugs to get through the day. Okay, team, uh, I'm talking is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwai.com For the world's... Um, what am I going to say? Best-looking coffee. Nice. The beans are really hot. And the packaging. And packaging, true. Extreme endurance. For the world's best-looking supplement. Packaging's and pretty cool as well. And athlinks.com For the world's best-looking... Social network website. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm talking. Oh, I just said that. Yes. Doubling out the show. Okay, so last week we recorded a show, and this week we're actually doing it straight after last week's show, but you don't know that because in your life, a week has gone by. Not now. <laughs> 10 minutes has gone by. Well, I mean, the person listening. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not even 10 minutes, really. It's probably more two minutes. It's just it's correct. We're fast. We don't muck around. And this week's show, we've got news. We've got Age Group of the Week. We've got an interview with the lovely Joe Carrot, mm-hmm. about half an hour for you, talking yes. about the life of the, the upcoming pro. And then we've got some questions and answers. That's it. Plenty. It's a short show. We're, pre- we're pre-recording. It's going to be a sub-hour show. For those who like the shorter shows, this one's for you. And that's the Ironman New Zealand pump-up show. Ramp-up show. Pump oh, we, we're not going to be able jam. to say that. We might get sued. What? We call it the ramp-up show, isn't it? What the WCC call their pre-race sort of shows? The ramp-up show or something? I don't know. Yeah, it is. I don't really watch it, to be honest. Oh, if it was. Okay, we'll call it the ramp Ramp around show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jump around show. Jump, jump around. Jump, jump around. <laughs> okay, so, um, John, what's happening in the news? First of all, Iron Man New Zealand's coming up. There's been no news in that last <laughs> two minutes. Okay, no, no, no. What's our predictions from the Wiccan News? Because uh, so, well, there's no, no racing. No, but our predictions, you know, what oh. controversy happened in triathlon this week? Um, in triathlon this week. Yeah. Uh, Lance Armstrong has decided he's going to give up and not do triathlons. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's been... The the allegations have gone a bit deeper. Mecca has decided that he is going to be doing um, the Olympics and Kona. Right. And and yeah. um, he's going to be racing in... The Rev 3 Series. The Rev 3 the Challenge Series. series yeah. And, and Formula Tri-Grand 1. Prix. Formula and 1 he, as well. He's also he's involved in that Star... Star, star yeah, yep. Tri-Star Series yeah. as well. So he's going to do it. And all. Formula 1. Yes. Yeah, because yep. he's lean enough to get in those cars, probably and, that tall. And he's going to win the US Masters Golf Championship. That's right. He's just honestly that maker. He's a little legend. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, and after after that news, we've also got I am in New Zealand. So what do we want to go? If you want to go, it's going to come because it's coming up this weekend. What so do you want to look at first? Last year's results. So last year's look, results. Look back to last. This is what year. we do. We got nothing to talk about. You talk about last year's yeah. races. It's a great race. It is a good. You know, we gift up. Well, last year brief. the race was really an no. interesting race because we had Kieran Doe who maybe wasn't going to look like he was going to win it, but was going to mix up the field a little bit. And his race strategy always throws guys like Cameron Brown off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Kieran Doe got off the swim, and him and Bizzoni yes. killed the bike. 
Well, no, no. It ended up being Bazzoni killing the bike. He oh, that's just right. yeah, that's rode right. off 90k into the ride. He had some incredible lead. It was like, I can't remember exactly. It was like five minutes or so on Brownie. And you're thinking, yeah, this, well, could back be, it up. this could be race Back so, it up. How did that work? No, because Brownie bike faster. Um, who's Wikipedia around here? Oh, sorry. That's last week's show. Yes. Okay, but you're on Wikipedia. Okay, sorry. So, Terenzo Bazzoni. <laughs> I love the way you pull the Wikipedia on me. Who's Wikipedia? <laughs> He had a huge lead after the first safety ride. And you're That's thinking, right. If he keeps riding like this, he could potentially have like a, a Bjorn Anderson type lead. It's at game the over. Right, but he didn't. He exploded on the second lap of the bike, and Cameron Brown. Now, the question is: Is it the first year Cameron's ever been the fastest biker? Um, I think. One of I think somebody might. That Illingworth, maybe he rode quicker than him. I'm not sure. But anyway, it may well be. But he had a then Brownie just pegged it back. I can't see any here. Yeah. Where's uh, Illingworth? Uh, he's yeah maybe he didn't um, but yeah you might be right Bevan Wiki, picked up on Wiki, that last Wikipedia year. assistant yeah that's right I'm the pedia the so they, they ended up coming off the bike from memory together or maybe Bazzoni had, a, had maybe Bazzoni had a, a, a small lead I think he did and Brown he caught him on the run disposed of him but when he disposed of him he didn't really dispose of him big time he sat behind him for a long time and then he faded towards the end um, and it was for Kieran Doe a really good mature race where he just was balanced throughout 45 swim 444 on the bike 3 hour run came in 3rd 834 so good good race it was it was just it was interesting racing it's a bit of a copy and paste really if we look at this year's field for the men's although Kieran Doe's not down there which I find interesting well I think he's racing because I remember seeing an interview with him after he did that well that's what I thought I saw too but I didn't see him on the start list so you know maybe with this new ruling you can do a bit of a cheeky late entry I don't well, know shortly again yeah when do you have to enter the race by don't know should have asked Joe Carrot that yeah she would have told us so at, at this stage based off the Ironman New Zealand website yeah, it's, it's again it's a Cameron two man race isn't it Cameron Brown versus uh, versus Terenzo Bazzoni and then you have um, just, to pre- no, no, just for those overseas Terenzo Bazzoni is doing well with his PR he always does. No, but like you see, he's got Nutrigrain now. Yeah. 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 No, he's... So interesting, so a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, discussion around does um, licensing of the MDOT brand hurt Iron Man? And I think we all came to the conclusion that not really, it doesn't. But in Australia, they have Iron Man Surf Lifesaving. Surf Lifesaving. And Nutrigrain is a huge sponsor of those mm-hmm. competitions, like it's the key sponsor. And now they've gone over and are actually sponsoring Ironman New Zealand, mm. which, which if there's any discrepancy, discrepancy in brand, it's between those two things, isn't it? Because mm. I hate it when someone goes, you go, I'm an Ironman, they go, oh, you do safe surf life. No. Yes. No. No, no, you're wrong. Yeah. It's it's not the same. So, yeah, it's good. Good. I mean, New Zealand always do well in terms of actually getting a title sponsor on board, which is great. Yep. Um, but I think one that a person that could throw, a, not a span in the works in terms of potentially winning it, but uh, Matthias Hecht, I mean, he's been um, top 10 in Kona, or maybe 11th. Uh, I think he's been top 10. So he, his name. What's his name? Number 5. Number oh. 5 seed. Okay. Um, you got Peter, Peter Vabrusik there, but realistically, you know, he's going to be... 8.45? Yeah, some, somewhere there, there or thereabouts. So it really is Terenzo versus Cameron. and Keegan Williams, if he can have a good day. Yeah, but there'll, there'll be quite a good fight for, for third place between, say, Keegan, Matthias Hecht, and um, Karen Darfy's racing. And outside of that, you know, you've got a bunch of other guys that are... You've got Tuka Mietinen, who did my race out at Pegasus. He's, he finished, I think, fourth or fifth at Lanzarote. Um, so, again, he might be one that might give Keegan Williams a little bit of a hurry-up. Um, but, yeah, not, not too bad a field. Okay, well, last year in the girls' race, we had... Uh, Joe Lawn took it out, didn't she? Uh, what happened last year? Let me go females. 
Let's go female's bedroom. I mean, she did take it out, but I can't actually quite remember what happened. Female or Joanna Lawn, she came That's in at a time of 9.14, 50 minutes warm, a 5.12 bike, and a 3.06 run yeah, so to take out Jenna Crawford. Was I, it I Jenna remember Crawford? that. It was a, uh, she's preggers. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. So, Joanna. Do you think that'll be the end of her? Uh, she's not talking like it's going to be. No, but are you? Well, it's just uh, like to be a, a, an Ironman pro and to be a mum, boy, that's tough work. Yeah, I know. Totally respect them. Yeah, no, but, I mean, um, hmm. Don't know. Okay. Uh, but anyway, she. Um, I remember it, be, it was a. Joe Lawn had a very, very good swim. Uh, caught Jenna on the bike, and they had a bit of a tussle there. And then she just slowly clawed away from her, and then put in a great run for Joe Lawn three oh six. So it ended up being pretty comfortable. Jenna did not have a great run. You know, she is she of similar be, ability yeah. to that. So it could have. It was. It was billing for a really close race. And then Gina just hung on from a fast finishing Kim Lofter who was third only two minutes behind Jeez, Kim Lofter really hurting a swim 104 yeah she's winning yeah. but then we uh, yeah, we'll talk about the other one later ok and then this year in the girls race what's going happening it's not actually too bad a field it's um, you know for, for what we well, call well the big news is we've got the Kona champ Marinda Carfrey and what I guess is really interesting oh, Desiree Ficker yeah what's going to be really interesting is going to be how uh, Marinda Carfrey approaches the race you know she can't make, if she's going to win it she can't make around Joe Lawn's not that Bad yeah. compared to her, you know. But in a normal race, you'd expect Marinda Carfrey to maybe beat her by what ten minutes, maybe fifteen. Yeah, probably fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, so it'd be. Well, if you're looking at Lacona. Yeah. You know, like Rooney, what did she do this year? Or last year? I don't know. Fast. It, it was pretty fast. It was good conditions. Yeah. Um, what What I predict will happen, um, if she's able to have a good swim, and this is exactly what she should it would be a smart way to do it is you just sit on Joe Lawn on the bike, you just try to hang in there, and then for her to win on the run, she'll That's just easy. be able to cruise. Yeah. You know, She can run a, a what a, Joe Lawn ran a 306, for her to run a 306, is it's still working, Yeah. but you know, when you can run 253 or whatever she ran in Kona, in yeah. the typical well, she's another level when it comes. To, she's elite of elite mm. in our sport of running. So, so that's you know, but it is a good field. You got you got um, Joe Lorne, Kate Belavica. Yeah, um, you never know what game she's going to bring to it. But Joe Warner, I'm Sam Sam Warner, sorry. Um, that is going to be interesting to see how she performs. She's coming back from this little heart surgery she's had, or maybe it wasn't so little. Yeah. Um, Desiree Figure. Desiree Figure. She ran a marathon at the weekend. Uh, did it ran a two hours fifty. She won the Austin Marathon, same one Lance Armstrong's done. So, so wait, do you think she's going to turn up? Highly unlikely. Two fifty. She. Well, she that was two weekends ago. No, it was. It's true. So that's what's that three. Belinda Harper. She's three, the girl who's doing really good in Monica. So it's only two weeks before the race during marathon. I'm picking she's probably not going to turn yeah. up. Yeah. Well, she ran 250. She's pretty fast marathon. She's run. She's like done low two, 40s. 40s. Yeah. yeah. So don't know. Um, but my my money would probably be on not. So it's, it's a for New Zealand. That's a pretty good women's field if they all turn up. But yeah, it's a great field. Mm. You know, it's probably a good eight deep of strong athletes. Yeah. You know, it's so, probably the first in a long time we've had that. So good to see. Is that going to ruin it for us this year when we're going to list the people and none of them turn up? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, we we are the people who talk to the people. Yeah, and it's it's difficult for, and it's going to make it difficult for media to pump up races. I guess most of the media coverage does only come in the race week. Yeah, um, and but in the triathlon world. Yeah, in the yeah. triathlon world. Um, until you're a few days out from the race, you won't. Well, imagine if it's big. Imagine if Alexander was meant to be doing I mean New Zealand. That would draw athletes towards it because you know, mm. like you want to meet Alexander. Yeah, and then oh no, he's not there. Yeah. You know, like, you'd be a bit gutted, wouldn't you? I say, I say it all the time, it's, it's what they do on ITU. If you don't turn up, you get penalised big time. Yeah, but I, I can't really penalise them in our sport because they don't give them any money. 
Well, no, you can say you've got to be entered yeah, it's, um, it's a month a, before. But it's it's one of the downfalls of what's happening right now, isn't it? Mm. They need to sort that out. Okay, just we're going to the IM qualifying page, um, and we're just going to talk about points about this race. But at this moment in time, uh, the current top five lists, and it must just be based on Kona. Well, there's a few other races there. I mean, and the, the guys, it very much is. But you had, um, you know, you've had... Western Australia, you've had uh, Arizona. Um, so it's basically, you know, you see Timo Brank is ranked third there. So yep. he's got Chris McCormick at number one, Andreas Rale at two. Timo Brank, the reason he's jumped up is because he won Arizona and he, and he would have got some points in Kona. Yep. And the rest is just the Kona results. Girls side of things. So then you've got Caroline Steffen. Yep. Um, where did she get her bonus points from then? Because she did... That's uh, that 70.3 or something. Yeah, she must have done can't think Andy uh, Kay she must have done quite a few 70.3s and Miranda Carfrey's third Julie Dimmons fourth and Ravon Van Vlerken who she raced Arizona and she got a result in Kona I think as well yep so. okay so now we're going to the points for New Zealand so if you win New Zealand or no no the points for the whole race is a thousand points yes so how do they divide the points up uh, we're just talking about the points is a thousand prize money is good for New Zealand it's fifty thousand um, dollars which is what they stock standard they normally have for Ironman New Zealand but there's other Ironman Australia has the same amount of points so it's a thousand but it's only got twenty five thousand dollars prize really? money so that's going to really hurt their pro field over there and that's a few weeks away it's March isn't it or is it April uh, not sure May okay something like that what? so that's to go scroll up so we've got a thousand points so the winner will take home at a thousand points race at a thousand points and it goes down to yeah it goes all the way down to 41st place oh so when they talk about points it's really just it's the winning the, the winner winning. okay thousand points at first so if this race if you finish uh, sixth you'll get 900 points um, if you finish eighth you get 750 and which at most 70.3s is what you'll get for winning it so eighth place in New Zealand is comparable to winning a 70.3 Okay, good times. It's probably I, easier. It's probably a lot easier to get eighth in New Zealand than it is to win a seventy point three. Oh, you're far out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. Although there are a lot of seventy point threes, so if you mm. pick your races, yes, yeah. But so. I always think that if, if I was at my best, I maybe could have got close to an eighth. Yeah, I don't think I could have ever won a seventy point three. No, unless yeah. it was a really bad field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe they've got. It. got what, it. what other news we got, John? That's it. There's been no other news between. This morning's show and today. <laughs> and the news we made up. Come on, we're, we're, we're going to... That's 13 minutes plus 30. That's 43. Okay, we're sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii. Okay, let's go. If you want the special deals on Coffees of Hawaii, you go to iamtalk.me, you click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, and then that basically takes you through to their special space. Now, the key to this is you go to that page and just find out what the discount codes are. So you go through, then you go, and go okay, buy online, I'm going to buy online, I'm going to buy some... Um, Molokai coffee, mm-hmm. and I'm going to buy some Hawaiian espresso coffee. Savor espresso. You got to say it right. People espresso. get ang- people get angry when they say that. There's no X in there. Espresso. Espresso. It's not espresso. Oh, yeah, but I can't read really it myself. Yeah. yeah. People coffee and savor our dark roast beans in a single or double shot of the espresso. Yes. Know that? Spat all over my face. <laughs> I didn't know. Or it's a gusto of a cafe latte, a mocha or cappuccino. Is that, is that cappuccino? Asian accents. Or cafe Americano. Latino accent. Mm. Um, so then you select that. You go select. I've selected it. Then I go, I'm going to buy, I'm going to go hardcore. I'm going to buy, um, oh, 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 put up photos, John. What have I done here? I'm going to go five pounds and I'm going to get drip grind and I'm going to get 20 packages of those. Oh, Add to cart. Okay, so let's go check out. Go on to check out. 
Oh, it's a lot of money. $1,800. And then what was the code? Oh, I didn't get a code. Wait a second. So I'll go here. Um, you probably, with that one, if you're, because you're doing a big order, you probably just want to get the, the regular discount off rather than going, you know, free shipping if you spend over $50. Yeah. Okay, so then I'll go I am talk with my code into promo code. Um, I am talk. And then apply to order. It's gone from seventeen nine nine down to. I just saved myself four hundred fifty bucks, Sean. Nice. It's <laughs> a no brainer. There you go. So it gives you twenty five percent discount. And then all you do is you go check out. And I'm just going to put my order through right now, John. There you go. Next week we're going to have a lot of a coffee. coffee. I have to drip it as well. There you go. And you just go on there. You put in your details. It's a no brainer. And then. So use your discount codes on coffees if why. And I'm so hardcore. I'm going to get overnight shipping. Right. <laughs> to New Zealand. New Zealand. Yep, it's going to go boxed on. It's the most expensive. I'll tell you what, I'm loaded. There you go. Uh, would so, you have got your credit card here? <laughs> so go to iamtalk.me, click on our lo- the Coffee's Y logo, and get all your special discount codes. And then you get the beautiful coffee delivered to you, mm. even if you want to get two grand's worth. Nice. Nice work. Okay, coffeesofwai.com. Throw in the interview now. Okay, here's the interview with Joe Carrot. Um, I'll put some music on first. Nice. Here's the music. So uh, here's the interview with Joe Carrot. Here it is. <laughs> he was having a big yawn. Here it is. <laughs> it's been a long day, isn't it? it? Is. Here here's Joe Carrot. Okay, so on today's show we've got Joe Carrot, who is a uh, up-and-coming pro athlete, made the transition from age group to pro racing. You've heard, heard her a few times You've on... You've been on interviews on Epicamp, haven't you? Epicamp, yep. yes. Yep. And uh, if any of you have watched um, the... Epic Camp documentary, which you can actually get from what is it, stormyshop.com, I think the website is. Yeah. Um, if you just sort of search for that, you'll find it, and uh, they've still got copies of Going Home, Going Hard. So she's featured in that as well, and also a bit of a blogger and just a general Iron Man junkie. So welcome along to the show, Joe. Hiya, nice to be here. So, well, we're, part of the reason that sort of um, prompted getting you on the show is we, um, you listen to Bevan's other podcast. Um, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Fitness behavior. Fitness behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ben, Ben was talking on that about sort of goal setting. So we wanted to co- cover a bit, a little bit about that, and sort of how you go about that, and also just really how the transitions going from racing as a yeah. as an age grouper into a pro. So I mean, um, you've been you know before you you race pro. Um, tell us a bit about what your sort of livelihood was like, and uh, and and how you managed to fit training in. Well, I was uh, working as a structural engineer in London. You should, you uh, should just move to Christchurch full time now. You haven't yeah. got any money work here. No, I'm keeping my head down. <laughs> keeping my notebook hidden. Yeah, you'll be able to bloody work 10 hours a week and probably earn 100 bucks, 100 bucks an hour easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot more risk of things falling down over here. Yeah, I can handle the stress. But no, so that's what I was doing. I was, um, you know, it's a sort of fairly involved job, 35 to 40 hours a week maybe. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, doing triathlon as a, as a reasonably serious hobby, Olympic distance and a couple of halves, and then I kind of thought I'd have a go at Ironman, and it, and it just sort of steamrolled really, or snowboarded, it took over, and I was fitting in maybe, I don't know, 15 to 20 hours of training, then 20 to 25 hours of training, yeah. and I decided that, you know, this is really what I enjoy doing, and although I liked my work, you know, got more and more to the point where my, my life, my friends, my social life 
my routine was focused around yep, training. the sport. Yeah. Uh, I dropped a day at work. I took the salary cut and went four time and um, four days a week. Yeah. Um, that gave me more time to to recover from the training that I was doing because you know I was getting into a pretty bad state quite often. Yeah. And because so you, you kind of have like like what I know of you and Stephen is that you both literally just beat yourselves up in training, don't you? Not, 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 but you do, you train to the extreme, don't you? You know, it's, it's volume, really. I mean, and, and certainly at that time, in, in the sort of very early phases of getting into doing long distance sport, I believed, and Stephen believed, and the coach I had at the time wasn't necessarily of this opinion, yeah. but that, you know, you've got to build up your endurance by just doing a lot. And, you've, and also the mental side of it, you know, you have to be prepared to go out there when you're not feeling so hot and get through it. Yeah. And, somehow that appealed to my mentality like it was almost a challenge how much training can I fit in yep. to my life and you know it, it sort of it paid off because I was getting results by doing that by doing lots and lots of it and yep. um, by not doing very much focused kind of pace work at the yep. time um, yeah so people thought we were sort of nuts because we'd show up to work and we'd been out on the bike for four hours in the dark and yep. stuff like that but you know it's I believe it's you've really got to put those hours in initially yeah. you know, to build up your strength. And how, how much was um, obviously we, we know of Stephen and, and he's um, you know, notorious on Epic Camp because I mean I know you do equally as much as him in terms of work, but he probably um, people see him because he's more at the front of the pack rather than you sort of being mi- middle of the pack. Um, how much? Does it, was, were you with Stephen at the time, or was that something that sort of happened once you'd got into it, once you really started cranking it? Well, we we were sort of training buddies for yeah. for a while, and then it got to the point where we'd, you know, I was in a relationship with somebody else at the time, and I sort of realised that that really, that, you know, training wasn't really helping that an awful yeah. lot. I know I was no. spending a lot more time with Stephen <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And, you know, so then we both had a period where we were both sort of single, but yeah. we'd, we'd meet each other every day and, and yeah. train before work and after work. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of, we'd go on holidays together to, to train in the yeah. Lake District and stuff, and it evolved, and, and you know, we realised, you know, thing led to another, yeah, thing, you know, yeah. pub, we had the pub well, one night, a few too many beers, <laughs> and boom, that transition's yeah, like, made. <laughs> yeah, half a, half a pint of shandy, too many. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know it works. It works great because now we're both in a position where we wanted a change in our lifestyles. We jacked in the London life. Stephen sold up his flat, yeah. and you know we just packed a bag and we travelled around for a year and a half, and, and we're still doing it. So, 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 like, okay, so you had a period where you first went from being like an age grouper, and you um, sorry, you went through being an age grouper, and then um, you were being successful at that. What made you want to make that transition to going pro? Was it just the obvious progression, or you know, like, what made you want to go, okay, no, I'm going to rest pro? Well, Stephen told me to. Oh, really? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, it was, it was like I was, it got to the point where I was going up to races thinking, I've got to win this because, you know, either I'm only working four days a week yep. or, I'm full, or I'm full-time at one point. Once I was made redundant, I became a full-time athlete. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you want the next level of challenge and also you want to see, well, what what could I do if I... If I got more structure, if I got more focus, if I put more work into to this and that, yeah, what could I do? Could I make that step up? And um, yeah, the challenge just seems a bit more well, when wholesome you, when you sit down to do that. You know, because um, you know you you're at that point where you're doing well as an age grouper, but you see the next step. You know, still a little bit further away. Mm. 
Do you sit down and kind of, is that a, a calculated decision or is it just, no, now, you know, do you go, okay, well, how much money do I need to make this work and um, how will I create a lifestyle around this or do you just kind of go, now's the time and just see what happens? Well, it's a bit of both. I mean, my hand was forced slightly because um, we made redundant. Um, we had, in, fortunately, we had enough means to sort of keep us going for a little while so yep. we could try it. Yeah. Um, and then we began to take on a couple of people who we were advising in their training yeah. and began to build that into a sort of coaching business yeah. um, 18 months I think, well nearly two years down the line that's got to the level where it's it's getting close to being sustainable as a sort of form of income to live off yeah. and you know I actually have won some prize money last yeah. year and you know that keeps the races rolling over and the travel rolling over yeah. Stephen you know supports me lends me money and stuff when I need it yeah. but it's yeah we've sort of sat down and thought about how can we make this work financially what do we need to live on how can we cut our costs what are the compromises we're going to have to make yeah. and, and at the end of that is it worth it yeah. and yeah, you know our lifestyle is pretty cheap now yeah um, so that, that um, it is that, that I'm sure that's what a lot of people out there listening say if you are you know if you, if you just do the maths and say you're finishing at an Ironman race, maybe fifth, sixth, you know, there's not a lot of money coming in. So for you, the only way to make it work is to do the coaching. Unless, yeah. and realistically, I mean, you look at the prize money, you've really got to be winning races to actually make the, make it work, to be honest. You've, you've got to pick your races. Yeah. Um, and How much is that, like, yeah. just as I kind of go off, how, much is, how important is that? Because, you know, for you you want to do well in races and you want a competitive field so you can have the best challenge but then you also want to make the money off it as well so that's kind of a contradiction in itself so how do you go about picking your races? Well I mean to be perfectly honest there's races that I'll do because they're near they're easy for me to get to I know the course I like the course Um, I I previously I hadn't really considered that too much but now with the points system as well then you start thinking well who's going to be going there who needs the points yeah and you, you sort of weigh up, yeah, am I better off just going for the, the races with no points, yep. picking up a, a pay decent day. Yep. payday, or am I, yeah, do I want to sort of chance it, try and get some points, try and get to Kona, the publicity and the coverage and the yep. sponsorship that may yep. go along with that, yep. um, or do I just avoid the whole dot thing and go and do races? like Challenge, yep. Monica, where actually, I mean, that was a great payday, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's not nothing less of a race. Yeah. In fact, they, they you know they, they really put on a good event. Yeah. But if people are at this time of year chasing points, you know maybe that's why they're not turning up to those type of races so much. So what what do you think of the whole points system and the the, the change um, that sort of happened with with the WTC races? Yeah, I'm in two minds about it. I mean, I can understand why that I can understand the benefits of it. On one hand, you get the thirty or fifty. Yep. best people in the world at the world championships yep. I mean I, I made it to the world championships last year mm. not you know I think I deserved to go but I was like pretty yep. surprised to be going it yeah. was a great experience but I mean I had a lot of people there now if they sort of narrow it down to the top 30 there's 150 pro, pro women registered so that's yeah. the top 20% yeah it makes for somebody like me it makes it a bit of a decision it's like do I spend the year tracing around trying to scrabble all the points yeah. that I can get not even knowing what, what level I need you know you, you sort of looked at the spreadsheet yeah. the other day didn't you now it's it like yeah. yeah you know quite, I mean 
currently I think I'm rated ranked 37. Okay, oh, so you're on it borderline. Well, and then there's a few girls ahead of me who haven't yet done their kind of yep. qualifying Ironman race, but they yep. will. And when yep. they do, the points is going to be eight or nine thousand or something like that. Yep. Now, if I'm doing Lanzarote, which is a thousand points max, and yeah. I do UK, which is a thousand points max, I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not saving money for Kona <laughs> for, a, yeah. for an airfare right now. Yeah. But there are races where potentially I, I could get a good result, yeah. and you know. And the problem for you as well is, is for your uh, your PR. Yeah. Th- those are the, the races you want to be at, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like for you because it's your home audience. If anything, like exactly, you know, yeah. you and Stephen are well known in the UK. Like, yeah. yeah. I know you're known around the world, but like the UK seems to be where you're at, and so. Yeah. And there's a lot going on in the UK. UK is a real sort of focal point. There's so many races now in the UK. Yeah, it's popular. Right? New Ironman and yeah. new Half Ironmans there, and yeah, it's, it's really active. And luckily, yeah, we're, we're sort of quite in the middle of that yeah. so are you right at this moment are you in that place where you're like do I go to Kona or do I go for the other races like you know at what moment do you say okay have you made the decision to which one you're going to hit towards I think I'm just going to do the races that I'm going to do this yeah. year and um, if, if Kona comes along just be a real bonus. I guess the one big bonus for for the emerging athletes like yourself who who are making those financial decisions is the good thing is is you can enter any race and it's free because you pay your one year fee and uh, and so that's got to say good stuff for WTC on that because it does make it a bit better for you guys. It draws you into the races, but you know a, a lot of the races. Does it work over seventy point threes as well? So it's just one yeah. fee for yeah, all the races. Yeah. Oh, so really I, I pay a one off fee. So it actually saves you money, doesn't it? And and it enables you also. Yeah, you you can sort of make a reasonably late decision about about yeah. entering yep. and I do think that probably we're going to see a bit more people making late decisions about not doing the race yeah. which they have entered which makes it a little bit harder for the rest, for the rest of us to sort of know who's going to yeah, be where true. and you know when you're kind of trying to um, you know make your decision about is it worth me doing this race who's on yep. the start list which is good in a way because it means you just don't think about that. You think about what shape am I in? What can I do at this race? What time can I get? Because, yep. you know, also we've got ambitions for what sort of standard, you know, I want my swim, bike and run to be in my, yep. my finish time, which is, is really at this stage more important than, yeah, the results, I suppose. So what, what is the long-term plan? You know, the ultimate would be to be competitive at Kona. That would be, be what, like, where, where's, where's the direction? Like, yeah, like what's, what do you see? Well, we talk about goal setting and, and steps at a time. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I've got a few steps to go before I'm thinking, right, top, yeah. top ten at Kona. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of focused on that. There's, you know, areas that I really need to work on in my sort of my skills. And my fitness is pretty good. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, but my skills and also, you know, my racing skills as well. I mean, yeah. Like, and... Kona was brilliant and the whole of last year racing as a professional was brilliant because I just learned so much about it's a whole different ball game so what, tell, us, tell us what they're doing what, what did you learn well I mean so for me the, a big a big issue is um, well, well not a big issue but a big difference is the, the start the swim start and um, I picked several races last year where the pros were started with a sort of physical separation from the age groupers so yep. like 10 metres or so yep. on the same gun now for someone who's not a strong swimmer that's awesome because you know hang on to the pro the rest of the pros for as long as you can maybe three or four strokes yeah. <laughs> and then, then, uh, but then the age the stronger age group swimmers start coming past yeah um and pretty, pretty soon you, yeah they're coming past 
and they're, sw they're swimming at a rate which is a rate that I can hang on the back of the feet. So yeah. I'm swimming with faster age groupers than I ever was ever able to previously. And, um, you know, I sort of coming out of the swim not completely knackered and, and not too far down the field. Yeah. Um, and then and then I'm kind of riding a lot more on my own than I was as an age grouper because as an age grouper there was always quite a lot of activity around me, sort of male age groupers. Yeah. Um, so that takes a bit of getting used to riding sort of more or less solo time trialing. Um, and, and how do you overcome that? So um, power meter on your I have a power meter, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I'm, I got myself a power meter, and we're sort of working out, yeah, what sort of power I need to hold, yeah. and then pushing that up, and yeah, just developing mental strategies for for keep going, yeah, and stuff. And also, you know, you do get age groupers come by and yeah, kind of pace off him for a little while, and, yeah, you know, stuff like that. So. What yeah. about dealing with um, obviously you know you talk about goal setting and saying right this yeah you probably do it going into a race these are the goals that I want to sort of achieve when I go through that how do you sort of deal with the the, the crappy races because you know I'd imagine you're racing potentially a bit more regularly now and not every race go 100% according to plan or if if they are then that's fantastic but often it doesn't happen that way how do you sort of deal with the when you've got a goal for a race and you go right that's my goal and you don't achieve that what what's sort of your your process for, for moving on to the next race if there's no immediate reason you know say for example you race like crap because you have a nutritional issue or something or you know maybe those days where you just don't go well how do you sort of go about dealing with that and moving on well, the first thing is to well for me I always try and think what was good about that race yep. okay it wasn't it wasn't a, a sort of throughout great outcome but what were the good aspects and how did I you know improve myself in those aspects and then yeah what went wrong and if 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 you can put your finger on it then that's great you've you've learned something you can take to the next race if you can't put your finger on it I guess you just got to take a view and, and I, it's, it's almost like letting yourself off but it's not and, and you've got to be careful you're not making excuses but you say well actually this is my eighth Ironman this year yeah you know mm. may, maybe I'm doing maybe maybe I just wasn't quite recovered maybe I was a bit tired and I think in Western Australia like halfway through the run course I was having that sort of conversation yeah. you know what I'm just knackered <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know not just like yeah, yeah, knackered just, you are yeah. at the end of an Ironman but yeah, you know like what exhausted. Uh, I'm just knackered um, yes I mean that's the thing you just, as I sort of try to make a living out of it you sort of obliged or you feel obliged to keep keep doing races and you wonder yeah maybe I should do less races and and have more great races but then actually the chances are you do less races and you still have those races that don't mm. go so well yeah. you haven't got so many opportunities to 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 learn from it and to put it back into the next race yeah you know yeah. so for me there's always right we'll try this this is the next this is the next goal let's let's move on and um yeah, I, I try not to make too defined goals for each race. Right. So I don't say this is the bike split I want to do, this is the run split I want to do. And obviously I have an idea, looking at the course, looking at previous results, where I think I should be and what yeah. I should be pitching at. But, you know, I don't look at the numbers at the end of the day and go, oh, yeah. you know, I yeah. failed by 25% or yeah. 15% or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so what is your plan for this year? You know, if you look out um, in terms of the number of iron distance races you're going to do, you've obviously ticked off one already and challenged Wanaka, and I see you're on the start list for, for Taupo. Are you racing I Taupo? am on, the, I'm still on the start list for Taupo. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I mean, I'm actually making up my mind this week as yeah. to whether it's, whether it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to do that race again. I yeah. raced it as an age group of two years ago. Stephen's going everybody I know in Christchurch yeah, seems to yeah, be going yeah. I'd feel a bit <coughs> gutted to, to miss out but at the same time I've got to take a view is it, is it really a good idea for me is my health up to it yeah. yet um, I'm kind of just getting back into training yeah. and, um, beyond that I've got kind of Lanzarote and then the European summer of yeah, racing yeah. so uh, yeah. so how many iron distance races are you sort of potentially doing this season I think I'll probably try and keep it to Three or four. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, Bustleton counts as this season, yes. I suppose. I've yep. done Monica, yep. um, Taupo, then there would be into Lanzarote. Yeah. Perhaps a European. If I decide, yeah, I want some points, I'll go to Europe because yep. all the European races do seem to have a few points. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, what do you think about the point system? Like, it does seem to be skewed and in just funny directions, you know, like New Zealand only get a thousand points. But there's good prize money. But there's good prize money. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you're still only getting a thousand points, you know, and if, if Kona's the ultimate goal, it's like it's... it's, it's, it's well, no, I, th- I think it's probably, and I haven't done my research on this, I would imagine it's based more off the strength and depth of previous fields. So you, so do you, you think you, the points are going to change year to year? Because uh, like, if you look at the female field in New Zealand this year, it's pretty strong. Yeah. But it's not, it's not super deep. That's the thing. And that's the same with the guys. So things like last year, so you got Terenzo and Cameron, awesome. Yep. But you go down to sixth place and it was like probably 9, 10, 9, 15. So yeah. I think it, I would imagine that's what it's based off. And prize money, it's completely down to the race organiser. They say minimum standard is, I guess, 25,000. Mm. If you want to pay 50, that's great. And you'll get people attracted. But um, that's com- completely optional, I would imagine. What advice would you have? You know, like you are the person who, you know, like, I, I was on a similar path to what you do, but in the United decided to not take that jump, you know, like I was a pretty good age grouper, yeah. you know, if I'd stuck at it for a few more years, you know, I probably could have been a, a good, maybe third, my best, maybe a second tier pro if I worked really, really hard at it and given up the rest of my life to achieve it, yeah. you know, I, I decided to not to make that step myself because I've, basically, because I've got a kid and that was always going to be number one, but, um, what would, advice would you give to the person out there who's in, in our situation at that time, you know, where, you know, you, you're kind of maybe getting close to a top 10 in a, in a race, you might be able to get to that next step if you're wanting to take that jump, which you, you have done. What advice would you give to that pro? Because it is, like, I remember talking to Chris McDonald about it, and, uh, and you know, a few years ago he was where I was, you know, and, and he took that jump, and, and it's worked out for him in the yeah. long term, you know. Yeah, it, it took him a couple of years to get there, but, you know, he's made a good career out of it, and he's had some amazing results. What things do you think you could advice you could give to those people who are listening right now who are maybe on that borderline and are thinking, you know, what's some advice you could give that maybe the things to be aware of and things that are great and the good and bad of it, I suppose? I think you've sort of hit the nail on your head and it's something you talked about in your fitness behaviours yeah. as well. It's about, think about what it is going to take to do it and do you want it enough to... Is it in line with your values? The other things in your life that are important. Yeah. Is it going to work? Because for for people, most people in that position, they've been in sport for a while. Yeah. But they're not kind of like they haven't come up from from uh, like high level junior or something yeah. like that. You know, they're people who've worked at it and developed what skills they have, but they're not 
yeah. super talented or have, you know haven't come from world class swimming or yep. cycling or whatever. It's gonna be just work so, as, so basically, yeah. it's going to be work that will get you up to that nef- next level, and you never really know whether you're going to get there either. Yeah. Right. Um, so the process is the thing that's going to make the decision. You know, are you going to be able to commit to the process and you're going to be able to enjoy the process? And, and is it is it in line with the other things you want to do in your life? Things that are important in your life. And if if it is, then then good to go, you know, all green light, all clear. Just throw yourself into it, but also have a sort of maybe you have a time frame that you say, look, you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot, we'll give it everything for, for two or three years, but we won't sort of cling to the to the idea sort of desperately so that we're beating ourselves up about it all the yeah. time, you know. It's really a, about the process and how can we make everything work together and move us on in that sort of direction positively yeah you know i think it's very it's all encompassing as well and you've got to especially if you don't come from that high performance background so you don't maybe have one particular really strong part of your race you've got to be all in and uh and you've got to say well it's it's quite a little insular little world you end up basically triathlon is everything you know if, if, yeah. and, and i don't know it's like you know you're in there your friends are triathletes you're training all day um, you may be doing some coaching on the side, so that's again another triathlon thing. And so it does, but you know, you do very much live in that bubble. And if you don't really, aren't really passionate and love the sport and love training, you're going to struggle a bit. Um, and I think we we talk about Gordo a lot on the site. He had the uh, the resourcing behind him as well financially that he just put every single second of his day was revolved around triathlon. And yep. um, and and I, th- and I think for iron distance races. You don't have to be incredibly talented, and talent's a bit of a funny word anyway, but I mean, you don't have to be... You can build up. You can build up, and and there's plenty of examples. If you don't have a short course, slightly different story, but I think it's, for for a lot of people, it is realistic, and there's there's heaps of examples of it. I suppose, you know, if if anything, what's the great thing about it? You know, you've taken on, there's a risk, you know, maybe not, maybe it's just a life experience, but you've taken a step to move away from a world that provides a lot more security, and and it's it's real just a, like I always respect people who do what you do because it's just such a gutsy move and it's it's a real trust and faith of self you know like I really you know like I remember talking, I've actually had conversations with Chris McDonald about this you know that whole you know because you are stepping into the dark and you don't really you don't know the outcome and so I suppose what are the real positives of of doing this? Well, I mean, every day you wake up and you're doing what you love. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be the main one. Yeah. Um, and also there's the thrill of that look I don't know what the outcome will be you know all I know is I can give it a go and, and like every day when you stop and think about that that's exciting yeah you know here I am you know putting it out there and, and I'm challenging myself and that, that gives you a feeling of you know you're proud of yourself for that yep um, and yeah the, the, I mean the lifestyle's awesome and you, re- you realise how stressful life used to be and you know sometimes when I go back and visit in London it's like oh you know how did I cope with this because the the environment that I am contained in is so much more laid back it's so much more fun it's it's relaxed there's you know I have things I have to do every day and with the coaching and with the work but there's no real scary kind of pressure on me to do it you know I can do it when I choose to and I can do it how I choose to there's a lot of freedom there's a lot of freedom and and that's something that I value quite a lot um, and also you know I can change my mind about it at any point I can stop yeah you know nobody's nobody's paying me to do this I'm not obliged to anybody to do it you know yeah. I feel 
I feel obliged to kind of give it my best shot for all the people that have supported me yep. um, and, and enabled me to do this. But at the end of the day, none of them would want me to continue if it wasn't making me happy. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I guess a good thing for you and Stephen's both, you've got those qualifications that if you did want to go bugger it, we've had enough. You can go back and do something yeah. if you wanted to. Well, I think the thing is, is that for me, sport is character. You know, sport is an opportunity to grow character in life. You know, and, and if, you know, if, if that's why, you know, like I, do, I had a conversation with, with Chris and we were just talking about that. And it's like, the thing is, what will happen will happen in your career. You know, you'll have some great days, you'll have some bad days and you'll get some good results and hopefully you achieve what you want to achieve. But the, the character you're developing in yourself by making these decisions and by, you know, growing yourself as an athlete and stuff, that goes back to to the real world if you ever go back to that real world as such. But, you know, those life skills and, and life character, it proves that you'll be a successful person in other areas because those lessons you can transfer. And for me, it's like, you know what you're doing right now is just showing that you're a successful person you know what I mean if you get what I mean absolutely yeah I mean um, Kelly Holmes she's setting up a, a foundation I did a bit of work with her a little while ago and it's it's basically trying to convince young athletes people who have been high level athletes at a young age and are sort of our age maybe yep. early 30s now looking at retiring right? yeah. they're not going to get to the next Olympics yeah. they've been in sport all their life yeah. and they're, they're in the real world what can we do and she's saying no all the skills that you've had to develop and work on as an athlete are very transferable into any realm of the market yeah. in, in real life you, you can offer a lot and yeah it sets you apart from regular people basically your ability to to challenge and push yourself yeah. and, and the resourcefulness that's required so yeah, building up a, a company, a coaching business, and we're putting on our first training camp this year, and all the stuff that's gone into that. It's yep. we're learning and we're we're doing things which yeah we we could take to a, a boss and, and becoming a broadcasting professional. Yeah, you you led nicely into that. My next question was going to be about a little bit about the coaching. So what what's the website and, and um, that people can check out your know, information on? We um, you, if you visit www.everydaytraining dot org dot uk okay so um, link to it on www.imtalk.me yep. uh, you can also access it via my own website which is yep. www.joannacarrot.co.uk great there's a link there so tell um, us about your camp what's your what's your plan there we're taking a group of a dozen athletes yep. to Lanzarote oh, Lanzarote cool. which is um, well, as you know it's a place a lot of people from the UK and Europe yep. go to train yep. it's uh, it's an island very really similar to Hawaii mm-hmm. in its kind of volcanic nature it's wind not quite the temperature but yep. but still um, there's an Ironman race there an awesome race which goes mm-hmm. all the way around the island and so the camp is going to be in April April the second to the ninth. It's it's timed to be a very good lead-in for those doing the Ironman in okay. May. Right. And I think more than half of the athletes we've got coming along and doing the Ironman. Yeah. So we're going to take them for a week. Has it sold um, out, or is there any space? Oh yeah, it's sold out. Oh. We didn't even have to advertise it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, so there's clearly a demand for people yeah. who hear about the reputation of Stephen and I associations with Epic Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're offering them this deal. They get the camp for 365 quid yep. um, mm. this year. Um, and yeah, they'll come along and smash themselves and, and nice. sort of see what it's about. Um, yeah, so it'll be six days of swim, bike, run. Wow. Uh, a few little competitions and time trials and things like that. And Points, jerseys. We're going to be, you know, we've got some good um, yeah. sponsors put up some prizes actually. Nice. Tri Grand Prix have offered a prize. Yes. Nice. Uh, nice. Free, yeah. free Speed, which is a resource fitting outfit in London. 
have put yeah. up a prize. Ten point try, a local try club in Hertfordshire have put up a prize. Great. Um, yeah, we've got some massage from Try Touch. And um, in terms of the coaching side of things, you guys got spaces, or you're all booked up, or we uh, we we've got a couple. We've got a bit more capacity between us. Yeah. How do you find that doing the coaching? You know, just coming in after a hard day's training, you find it's okay because it's more relaxed. You can just sit down and think about it. Yeah, this coaching business is hard. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. This guy's a coach. And honestly, yeah. and if my session's <laughs> gone badly, my athletes suffer. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm so. thinking. Maybe I might try the session out, but let's try somebody yeah. else on it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nah. So now I, I do my work in this. I've done a couple of work as work this morning. Yep, whilst, great. whilst I'm fresh, whilst it's still UK time. Yeah. And then if I have a bit of time in the evening I'll sort of sketch out some plans and um, just just lastly I suppose what's the thing that you do outside of Drothon just to give you some more roundedness in life or, or is it, is it just, <laughs> what, you know, what do you mean <laughs> like do you go movies you know, but you know what I mean like is it because you are and like I remember Andrew Black sent an email through a while ago and John said you know try get out of a house where you've got a hundred triathletes living with you you know like yeah. it's you know your world is so triathlon do you do, you do anything in particular to just try have something else, or or is it just not realistic? At yeah, this moment? I mean, like I kind of like my gardening, and I kind of like my DIY, and yeah. you know, I used to like my painting and yeah. things like that. It's not stuff I've got an awful lot of time for yeah, these not, days. Yeah. But um, you know, I built a little bit of furniture in the summer just to sort of keep my hand in. Yeah, there you go. That's an excess in his career, mate. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Carrot Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, thanks for coming on the show. It's been wicked having you. If you again, if you want, watch your websites again. It's uh, joannacarrot.co.uk and everydaytraining.org.uk. Okay, Okay, check them out if you need some coaching or you want to check out one of their camps. Obviously, this one's sold, but... Uh, There will be more. There will be more, so um, check check, check it out. And just out of interest, are you doing uh, or planning to do any of the... Obviously, in the UK, they've got the, like, four iron distant races in in the summer. You've got uh, the Outlaw, the the two WTC and... Challenge. Challenge. Yeah, yeah, we didn't race. finish that. I definitely UK is kind of my main race. I'm, I'm in the, UK. Uh, yeah, I'm in yep. UK up in Bolton again. Apparently, new directors. Mm. Yeah, uh, oh, that yeah. was on the website. I saw that mm. the other day, yes. And where it's then it's going to be either Wales or Henley, and yeah. that depends on the whole points, points. thing, and you know. Yeah. What, what stage of year do you think you'd know the points? Well, Wales would be points for the following year, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Um, mm. It seems like quite a good bet. Will you guys head over to Kona either way? Stephen's qualified. Okay. So, Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a sort of financial call, really. Yeah. Mate, it'd be much better if I'm racing. Yeah. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that's what. Well, it's a big couch. You can come and. That's right. Come crash on our couch. Yeah. Oh, you're, on, you're on the couch. That's yeah, right. You, you guys can cuddle <laughs> on with me. <laughs> Sandwich of Stephen and Joe. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And I uh, hope you get out there in that rain and train today. Yeah. I'm just about to. Oh, she yeah. Ride, ride up some to. hills. She's an animal. Yeah. Right, thanks, Joe. Great. It's, uh, Extreme endurance. Extreme endurance. Last week we had the, the t-shirt theme code, and you know how I remember that because we did it like 10 minutes ago. Uh, yeah. This week it's a discount code. Oh, tell me. Um, so again, with extreme endurance, use your code IAMTALK um, and you get a discount. I think it's 20%. Uh, Should I go through the whole process again? If you really want to, yes. Endurance. Xendurance.com. Bevan, you just want to give this product a try. So you just want to get uh, one bottle of Extreme Endurance. Yeah, because, you know, some supplements, you go, well, am I wasting my money? Yes. So you go, you know, and I know John Newsom said it's good, but, you know, I don't, I don't actually believe that guy talks crap all the time. <laughs> but I want to give it a try, and I want to see what it costs me. Okay, so, so I go to Ordinaire on the website. Yes. I clicked on Ordinaire. 
and you want to get one bottle of Extreme Endurance. Sweet as buy now. Regular price. $180. Do you? Do I stink? Uh, well, I can't smell you, so you must be fine. Okay. And he's getting one bottle, which is $37.95. He's on, yes. I think he's on the US site. It's uh, obviously different if you're in the, in the EU. And you're a new customer. So we we'll, we'll, have to go through a bit of a process. Don't you've you? got, basically got to sign up, become a new customer, put in the code IMTALK, and you get a 20% discount. And the, basically, the deal with extreme endurance. Okay, is John, here's a math question for you. It's uh, thirty-seven but, times two, so that's seven dollars. Seven dollars fifty you'll get off, I think, is it? Let me see a look. Let me see again. So, wait a second. Thirty-seven ninety-five. What do you think it is? Um, if it was thirty-seven fifty, you'd get seven dollars off, wouldn't you? And so twenty-eight forty-six. Uh, where's my math skills gone? Actually, pretty good. So there you go. So 28 bucks if you're a US customer. Obviously, if you're in the Euros, it's just slightly different uh, pricing. And basically, if you get one bottle, that's going to last you um, a month. Give it a try. And I found that I noticed a difference within a month, providing um, I think you, you either do some... Ext- well, we're going to do this, great, John. <laughs> <laughs> first one live on the show. Well, that's the first one. That was a good one too, wasn't it? That was a bad one. Yeah. We don't get earthquakes across you. Come here. It's a wonderful place to live. <laughs> There's plenty of jobs. <laughs> plenty of jobs. <laughs> Lots of painting. Um, <laughs> the problem with this week's show is a lot of last week's jokes are crossing over. Right. You know, because, you know, we kind of, we create these little bubbles of jokes for each show. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of pulling back on last week's jokes. But that's okay. Every, every listens to everyone. Yeah. So basically one bottle last year month. Um, but I'd say the key thing to measure it is if you're just doing base training and stuff, Yes, you probably you may well notice a difference, but I think to really notice a difference, if you're doing a, a race, a running race, or a, a or a short course triathlon, then you know that's when I find I notice a difference in terms of uh, the the you know much less muscle soreness. Well, also, Hotel was saying the recovery afterwards as well. Mm. You know, like when he did lots of races back to back, he was the recovery was great. So if you want to get on it, go to xendurance.com. Um, Enter the discount code. Enter the discount code, and you're away laughing. Okay, John, what's next? Um, questions, questions and answers. Good old Steve Mound. Mound. Stuart Mound. Oh, well, see, I, you know what? I'm dyslexic. And what happens when you're dyslexic is I just look at words and guess. Right. So anyway, I'll read this. Um, I've been practicing my read. No, I'll read it. I'm, uh, I'm sure you guys get lots of different feedback on the length of show. Oh, here he is. Here we go. Oh, Stuart, you'll be happy with last week then. Yes. And this week. He prefers the shorter ones. But anyway, what happened to the cookbook you were producing? We talked about this. We talked about it, but I was, I was, oh. it was more the point of the short shows. Do people like the short shows or long shows? Oh, so we want to know. Yeah. Just put it on our Facebook page, maybe. You can put something up there. Well, I can't understand why they wouldn't want to hear yeah, more of us. Exactly. I actually think we should go to four hours. Okay. Yeah. And Stuart, we like your style. I'm still making my monthly PayPal donations because I love the Kona coverage in 2009 for a, BO, a BOP athlete, back of the pack athlete. Uh, it's the only way I'm going to experience racing on the Big Island. So if you want to help us get to Kona... Go, oh, to, yeah. go to the site go to imtalk.me and what, what do they click on um, donation no it's not called donations uh, support anymore. the show support I think I made the show yeah I had to make a whole new graphic sh- yes I'm oh, sorry it? about that blame the US man. officials yeah support I should probably put that up higher get okay. us there's a little get us to Kona button or you can or if you're at the top of the page is what, what do you do if you're at the top of the page you go to um, maybe sponsors resources oh, Bevan, you're not making support the show support. under about drop down menu support the show you need to make that a bit more oh, in people's really. faces and you look at that there's two ways you can do it you can do a monthly donation of a dollar a show four dollars a month four dollars a month US or you can just give a one-off donation either way we love you mm. very good nice okay. um and do you know what? What, John? Um, so we booked our tickets to Kona yesterday. Yeah, and you know what? I think you panicked. 
<laughs> see me panic, and then I can't. Because you left me in the lurch, didn't you? Well, I didn't. I didn't. You did. You did. We Here's why. Right, let me tell the story. So I've, John rings me Sunday comeback. night. I've got some comebacks. Here. John rings me out Sunday night. He goes, "There's some good fights on for Kona. We should yeah. get them." I said, yeah. "Cool. Well, we should do it together because let's make sure we can, you know, because all the rest of it." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah. We'll do it Tuesday morning." Then I get an email which just randomly say, "I booked it." Booked it. And he, he blamed time. Oh, you know, time. You know. Well, we otherwise we see you <laughs> yeah, typing in my name. You don't have all the. You know, you get all the shortcuts these days. So if you put in your details, all of a sudden, boom, fills in the rest of the form. So I thought that. Oh wow, thought, well, gonna, that would have cost me two minutes of anyway. my life. But then, but then, the, Ben wanted to do it together so we can book the seats together. Yeah, I want to sit next to my mate. So, we sit so I can beat you. Who wants to be a millionaire again? Who happens to pick the aisle seat each time? Hey, it's your fault. You should have taken it. Well, I've, I've, I'm, I'm sitting across the aisle. <laughs> yeah. I want the aisle seat. So I'm not sitting directly next to you. I'm sitting on the seat across the aisle from you. So oh, see, I, thought, seats. I thought you may want the outside one because I thought maybe you want to lean against and sleep. <laughs> no, because the wall is good for sleeping. Okay. You know, I, you know yeah. and I thought maybe we could just cross each one, do one each way. Yeah. We had to cuddle across the aisle. Oh, well, no, who wants to be a millionaire? Sorry? Because remember we played Who Wants to Didn't I win? Uh, I did win. You did. Yeah. But you can, I think you pick the seat of the person you want to play, don't you, or something? Well, I'm sure. You know, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We've yeah. got 11 hours yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> so, okay, next question. This one doesn't have a name, John. This is from Annette Lee. Who's okay, Annette Lee. Okay, I'll start off. Uh, I have a question which came to me today. She just had an epiphany, John. Yes. Which I might thought might be useful for the podcast, too. I spent 15 minutes practicing getting in and out of my shoes whilst on the bike because although it's not a big time saver it's something I need to get right so the question is is it worth doing this in an Ironman race and if so obviously do you need to practice it uh, tips on how to do it properly what are the pitfalls I found today that I didn't concentrate and I had my pedal down then the shoe scraped on the ground and if I pushed too hard getting the shoe out I couldn't it couldn't come off however despite avoiding it for ages I found it relatively easy once I'd practice it over and over again Practice makes perfect. Do you know what, John? I never did it. I was going to ask you, did yeah, you? Yeah, know? you know what? Because I never thought it was faster. And I mean, I always thought, and, and in going from swim to bike, because I always thought, I can put my shoes on two seconds on the ground, mm-hmm. I can run out, and all these guys are pissing around trying to get their shoes on their bike, mm-hmm. and I would always overtake the guys who were doing it that way. Mm-hmm. So for me, it didn't look like a faster thing. And then in the bike transition... So did you get off the bike with your running with your shoes still on? I, I can't actually remember if maybe in the bike. That, I that is off. a no-brainer. You should not. That is a guaranteed time saving. It's very, very. Well, I mustn't have joined because I did have the fastest transition in route. Yeah, yeah. No. So. so coming off the bike, I think it's a no-brainer. You just got to practice it. Getting out of your shoes in the last, um, I don't know, k to five hundred meters, having your feet on top of your pedals and just I getting maybe off. Maybe I did come off with my shoes on. That's crazy. I can't remember ever taking. You can't have done a documented race plan for me, and I would have said, <laughs> get those shoes. But. Off. I still think it's almost faster. No, it's and ITU it's not. No, no distance it's not. Well, wait a second. How long does it take you to take your shoes off? Bugger all. You basically take... But how much time are you mucking around, coming down, slowing down your bike speed? You if, I, if I zoom to the finish, jump on my bike, run, sit down, bang, 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 bang. No. I had the fastest transition, John. No. <laughs> yes, I did. You, 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 you can run faster with... Uh, but how imagine, that's, that's, that's the rationale a lot of people use. So... Well, I run with bad technique. Paula Radcliffe, imagine if Paula Radcliffe had managed to keep her head a bit stiller. She may have been the fastest in the world, but imagine how fast she could have been. You could have set a long-standing record at rote (laughs) if you'd listened to me. No, because the thing is, the the bike transition to the tent rote was probably two metres. It was pretty small. You pretty much got off the bike, ran 10 minutes to your seat. I think it's faster to go away. By the time you muck around on your bike... I disagree. Hey, who had the fastest transition? 
Who finished first? Who finished first? Who, who, who oh, fast time? You didn't beat me, you bastard. <laughs> so there are... There are def- For those who want to do it, you can listen to John's there advice. There are definitely some considerations, and it is not always fastest, so you do have to figure out whether it's right for you. But if you want to, if you want to do it, you've got to, got to practice. Oh, totally, because it can end in disaster if you're not very good at it. So I've written a bit of a document here, so I'm sort of going to... Oh, here we this. go. So the considerations... It's going to be an hour and a half show now. Yeah. Firstly, what is the surface like? Will you cut your feet up? So, okay, say for an Ironman New Zealand course um, where you run across uh, grass, then it's your sweet as. Yep. If you've got to run across stones and things like that, then putting your shoes on may well be an option. Um, if you've got to run across concrete with shoes on, especially if it's slippy sort of concrete, risk there in terms of falling over. So, you've got to factor those in. Um, which is my second point do you have to run across concrete? If you're in shoes, it could be slippery, may well fall over. Not a good look at a start of an Ironman race. Really? Um, yeah, true. You do very slippery, especially if it's a slippery sort of concrete. Yep. Like road, you run across uh, grass and then onto sort of a shingly road, and then you straight onto the road, aren't you? So yeah, not really, not much chance there of, in terms of falling over. Yeah. Um, the other one to really factor in is your type of bike shoe, and this is a, this is a biggie, which is a major factor. Is do you have multiple straps on your bike shoes, or do you just have the one strap like a tri shoe? If you got the one strap like a tri it's shoe. Easy. Easy peasy. If you've got more than um, oh, those ones a couple of straps of or, the, or the toggles or anything like that, very, very difficult to get on the bike. And I'd say then you're much better off doing it and just putting your shoes on and getting onto your bike. So that's a really, really important one. You watch the ITU guys getting on, jumping on their bikes. They've all just got one strap. Yeah. Piece of cake. But for those guys, it's seconds are mm, seconds major. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth consideration I've got is how proficient are you? Um, how proficient are you eight? Getting, I don't know what I wrote there. Getting on your bikes with your shoes clipped in. Um, you got to getting on with. Oh, late! <coughs> Think how late you are. Get, where, where you are positioned-wise, getting onto the bike. So if you're sort of the middle of the packer, getting onto the bike, and you know you might have um, fifteen people around yeah, you getting on the bike, swerving at the same over the time, road, swerving all over the road. Bit of a safety issue there. So for the smaller races, no big deal. For for you when you're racing, yep. you know you're generally not going to have many people around you because you're you're at the back out of the swim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 53 minutes. 53. That's not too shabby. So um, then you've just got to f- figure the poten- potential for disaster. And when I watch races, um, middle of the pack age groups, and this, these are good middle of the pack, uh, more middle of the pack at, say, world championship level, you just see them swerving all over the road still, yeah. and it's just disastrous. Yep. So... John, is there a process? Process. I'm going to do the interview thing. You've got to have um, the crank arms uh, horizontal, Okay, so that means 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Yes. See? Yeah. o'clock. And you kind of got to decide which way. Most people are going to mount their bike from the left-hand side of the bike. Um, and so most people prefer to have their left shoe forward. So you can sort of put your foot on that and use that and then push over and it should get a bit of momentum going onto the bike. So you attach your right shoe onto the frame with a little rubber band uh, and then your shoes are sort of held in place for when you're running uh, across the transition area and then when you jump onto the bike so wait a second, when you're running across your shoes are dragging along the ground no so your shoes are staying at 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock but oh, wait you're running with your bike you're running with your bike and they stay at 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock how do they do that without moving is that what rubber band well, does yeah they have the rubber band just hold, holding in place sometimes the rubber band breaks um, but oh John see I never did this I yeah. can guarantee that I never yeah. had a rubber band so you have the rubber band that holds them, them in place some people use like a little bit of floss or something and then it'll just break as well yeah. you need to have something that's going to break very easily not too hard <laughs> don't use yeah. a piece of metal yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
So that, that's a key thing. If, if your pedals start spinning around, that's when your your bike shoe starts flying off, and then the crap really starts to hit the floor. Yeah. Um, so the, the, there's different options for once you actually got to the mountain line. Different options in terms. Have you been of stung on. by the rubber band? Is it breaks? No. Oh, guess sorry. Yeah. Back to this. Potential is that it could happen. Uh, so you can either do the leap of faith, which you watch by the ITU guys. <laughs> Difficult when you're on a, on a uh, on a, a TT bike, or if you've got the bottle holders on the back of your seat. Um, yeah, you faith. try to get that leg over. <laughs> try to get <laughs> that leg over. Mightn't be. The I once did the leap of faith. I just missed the bike. I saw somebody do that the other day. I Completely jumped. miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even get over the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. So there you go. Yep. So that's why Bevan put <laughs> That's why I put my shoes on. I'm worried about the boys. Yep. Uh, so you can either do leap of faith, pretty hard to do, and potential to hit the ground as Bevan did is quite high. Yeah. The easiest way to do it is if you've got those crank arms in place, is you actually stop, put um, one foot onto your pedal, push off with the other one, and that gives you that momentum of pushing off your back foot and pushing down on the front foot. Get your leg, get your leg over, <laughs> nice. and uh, and then you've got to start getting some momentum. But the key thing through this process is you've got some momentum. If you start to slow down too much, that's when you really start swerving over the road and uh, cause accidents and also cause yourself to fall off the bike. Uh, next stage, so you're actually on your bike. Before you even worry about getting your, your feet into your shoes, you've really got to get your speed up. And that's the key thing, as you were saying, when you're coming off the bike, same deal. You've got to keep your speed up so you're not actually losing much yeah. time. So get your speed up, get one foot into the into, into your shoe. You don't need to do it up, um, and then just keep pedaling. Get your speed up, get your other foot in, and then worry about actually getting your straps um, over and uh, sort of Velcroed into place. Okay, what are the pitfalls, John? Pitfalls. Cocking up the mount, as Bevan did. <laughs> and it's also just the shame of cocking up the mount. Oh, yeah. Because that's where the crowd is. Exactly. You fall off your bike, you're going to have a really quick sprint out of there, aren't you? Uh, next one is your shoe straps closing up when you put your feet on top of the shoe. So if uh-huh, you've got more true. than one strap, um, the potential for that to happen is quite high. The tri shoes generally uh, are often velcroed. velcroed, and you've often often got a long strap, so it's not such a big deal. But if you've got more of a bike shoe, they're often the straps are a lot shorter, and um, potential for it to happen is quite high. Uh, shoes coming off, coming undone from their um, from your shoes when you're running across transition, and so potential of losing a shoe and then having to sit your bike up somewhere, put your shoe on, and then get going again. Um, and the the other one I was going to mention is when you actually do that first pedal stroke, is if your shoe flips under, uh. and you basically then your foot's on top of your pedal rather than on top of your shoe, what do you then, do then? then you actually do a revolution and the shoe hits the ground, then the shoe can either come off or you can come off. You look off. like you've had that experience. No. Uh, the way you save it is if you miss it, you don't do the pedal revolution. Uh, stop! So if you get to the bottom, you know, say your left foot is on top of the sh- on top of the shoe, it's at the bottom of your pedal stroke, and you've missed your, your right foot and you just sort of missed your shoe, You've got to freewheel and you've got to get your foot on top of that shoe before you actually do the pedal revolution. Because if you go through and the shoe hits the ground, it's not going to be pretty. You know what, John? You, you've got benefits here. Mm. Uh, is, is it the end of it? No, no, it's not. It's not oh, the end of it. Geez. There's plenty of pitfalls. So. <laughs> I tell you. So weaving all over the road when you're not concentrating and causing a crash. Yep. Um, putting your foot onto the chain ring, that has happened to a few people. So actually putting your foot Ooh, on the chain ring, that is not pretty. That's the end of your day. End of your day and possibly end of your um, season. And... 
The other one is is the soles of your shoes sort of squeezing up because if you're wet, you push in, yeah. push in, and then you got to adjust on the road. And, and that's uh, just annoys you for the next 180 k's, doesn't it? it? Does. So those benefits. Are, so wait a second. There's nine, seven pitfalls. Benefits. Speed. I don't. I don't agree with that. Well, I do. Uh, I think an ITU there is. No, there, there is an IMA. If you can get it right, if you practice it, if you've got all those things happening in terms of having say one strap shoe. There is a speed advantage. I think the speed advantage is minimal. Well, also, if you're running across concrete, how quickly can you run in cycling shoes safely versus running without shoes? Yeah, run I'll quicker. give you that. So I, I, I think where you get low speed is the time of a good... If I can cane it into transition, then I've gained fair speed on you there. I've got an idea, Bevan. We're going to have a race. At some stage... Coming up, we're having a little challenge. Okay, we'll I need to go off and practice. We'll, oh, practice. I don't need to practice, you see. Yeah, yeah. I just turn up and do it. Uh, not remind us, if we don't do this, remind us, because I'm, 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 I'm oh, yeah, a little yeah, bring it on, Take it on. It's got to be... It's gotta be we have to ride for a K to come in. It'll be at least a K. Oh, coming in, yep. But, but getting going, it'll probably have to be like a 2K test. So I've got to get some bike training in first. Well, I don't ride a bike either. You RPM bloody five times a week. <laughs> You're still not riding a so, bike. Anyway, I'll have my TT bike. How am I going? Disc wheel, 150 feet inside. What are we doing when we're in Kona? There you go. Good. Yeah, we're doing a Kona. I might have my TT bike. Good stuff. <laughs> um, I'm probably good over a K anyway, because that's my strength. Yes. Yeah, power athlete. I'm not very good in the heat. Yeah, so yeah, okay. the Kona it is. Um, not mud in the cleats, I'll give you that much. It looks more professional. We have an IM Talk Challenge. We have a real race. Okay. It, you're not going to smoke it. It's be good training. A couple of days out. Yeah, do it yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday before the race. Yeah. Um, not getting mud if you're running across a muddy yeah, field that, mud oh, in your cleats that's, that's, although it doesn't really hurt you uh, yeah, but you might not be able to click sometimes if you get too much no, you can't click you're doing that much <laughs> you're desperate it's going you know it. to significantly impact on your performance <laughs> and number three you look a lot more professional and you get a big smile. it's just swerving over the road falling off your bike no, this is a benefit now if you do it properly if you practice uh, there you go you get so, a smiley face stick it summary practice 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 and if you're um, confident you haven't mastered for a course like Taupo I just um, think I can't smell you it doesn't matter Sorry. it's worthwhile um, running across the grass area assuming you don't have a complicated bike shoes so I, I think if you're totally new to the sport you've got to like you're saying you've got to practice 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 yeah. if you want to do this I can understand why people would want to do it because um, it's the part of the, the, it's, the sport it is a, it's a small gain but it's a bit of a risky game yeah, there's a, there's, there is a risk factor involved so if you're not 100% confident you're safety enjoy, conservative and if you're, if you're a bit of a high risk investment <laughs> go down Bevan's path if you're serious about performance and want to get to the top of the sport and want a global financial crisis go yeah. down John's path <laughs> right. last sponsor Athlinks.com. Okay. Uh, so we all go off and do our races, and uh, those. The one we're going to do in Kona, I'm going to do a race report for that one. Can do. The Bevan, what are we going to call it? Um, we'll come up with a name and we will put it on Athlinks because you know it'll be officially branded. We'll have timekeepers. Okay. And. Okay. We'll do it. It's on. It's on. <laughs> it's on. Like Donkey Kong. Just got to find it. We'll do it on the. Transition c- challenge. We'll do it on the um, on Alihi Drive somewhere. Yeah. Why don't um, we even not do it on the hilly part? Why don't we do it when transition is for Kona, so we feel like we're in. Exactly. We'll do it. There you go. So it'll and you start. can come along and race if you want if you're in Kona because it won't, it won't kill your race. It'll start at the um, Java. No, 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 Java. no. It'll start at the the, the where they have the the Gatorade little um, yeah the booth. booth. Yep. So by the tree is that where you get on the bike in Kona or not? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and it'll go. But we've got to make sure we have the the lights. Um, we don't want to go running red. You have to turn left on a on a red light in the states, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you turn right in Kona? Yeah, you can turn left. You turn and left. In the race, you turn. You go. You go up the road. You turn left. You do, and then you loop back around. Oh! Or do you turn right onto Kuakini? 
Oh, I can't remember. We'll turn now. left anyway. Okay. So you go. We don't have to stay with the you corners. Go. Well, we're on the other side of the road in Kona, aren't you? Oh, so you're we'll right. <laughs> I can't remember. So we'll, we'll, we'll follow the course, whatever it is. You, you go up there and you but turn. There's lights. You turn. I'm beating you. They're but you're allowed there. to turn right. You're, allowed, you're free to oh, turn. Oh, so you're saying. Up and you turn right into Kuakini. Yes, you're right. Yes. So right. we'll follow the Kona course and we'll go somewhere up that, um, that, that, yep. that section. There are a couple of sets of lights there. We'll have to have a. Predefined. It'll work for me too because it's a bit of a climb. Yes. I've got a bit of advantage in the climb. There you go. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll do a 500 meter swim before we start. <laughs> <laughs> the race will start with the copies of my boat. Anyway, we'll be adding race reports. So back to athletes. So. Well, I'll tell you what, this will be the race report everyone will want to read. So what happens is. Okay, so tell me how once, it works. Once you've done a. Um, Bevan's going to log in. Once you've done a race. You go onto athlinks.com. Um, if the result's not up there, you obviously put it up there, submit it, taking a little bit of time to get it up there. Yep. And then once it's up there, Bevan can't remember his password. No, I can't hear it. I've got two passwords. <laughs> and oh, it's not one of those two, so it must be a different one. Um, we don't necessarily need it there. I okay. can't spell a surname either. Yeah, it's my surname. Yeah, but you typed it wrong first time around. Um, it's typing. You go on here. Focus, John. You go. Yeah, you can't remember it. <laughs> I can't remember my name. Anyway. You go on there, you click on um, your results. Once you've actually accepted that result and you've claimed it, um, once things have got it up there, and then you click on your result, you go through, and then you can go, let's, let's go do a race report, Bevan. Okay, results? Uh, yeah. No, you go Bevan James Isles, drop, drop down menu there, results. Results. Okay. You're not going to have a great deal of results up there. No. There you go. SBS Marathon, Christchurch, you click on that result. Okay. Not the best day for me. Yeah. Hoping to go on And then you can go, so that brings up the result, and then you can go add a race report. Okay. Top well, so at the top there. I was looking at the overalls. Oh, yep. So where did you finish overall? Um, they gave me the wrong time. You're in 240. No, that's the average time. Average time. Uh, and who was the first athletes finisher? Uh, Grant Schofield. Nice work, Grant Schofield, 242. And he beat me. By six. By four minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you can basically click add race report. And then you basically go through the process. We've my marathon, done. my description, the visibility. Can people see me? Uh, oh no! Can you can you share it to the world, or you just want to share it with your own people? Yeah. Uh, you can teach it to the race. You can say, was it your A race? Which kind of phase were you in? Pre-race meal. So it's also something you can use later on when you go back to your next exactly. marathon. And there's, there's plenty of options there in terms of writing some comments in as well. Um, and you can go back whether it was an awesome race, a good race, an average race, poor or a terrible race. How did you achieve in this race? I completely overachieved. Uh, better than I thought. Uh, race within my limits. Worse than I thought. Completely underachieved. I'll say worse than I thought. Yes. I wouldn't say completely underachieved. Yeah. But it wasn't a great race. So you basically go through there, and it's just a good way for you to document how your race went, and also. Well, you know what? You know what? One of the things that a good coach will do is they'll send you through a race report that you should write. Yep. After that, yeah. and 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 for those who don't use coaches, this is one of those things that you should do. Totally. And Athletics makes it really easy for you, so you can go on there. And because the thing is, next year when you go back to your race, you'll kind of remember what you did, but you don't remember everything. And mm-hmm. you can go back; it's written down for you. It's really clear. And then you can use that information to make sure you have a better race the next time you do the exactly. race. So. so when things go bad, why they went bad. When things go good, why they went good. Heart rate, power, nutrition is a key one. When you get your nutrition right, making sure you write it all down um, clearly and you don't forget stages uh, and steps. So just a good way, good place to keep all your stuff. And if you're going to keep all your results in there, which I really encourage people to do, you might as well write, keep your reports up there as well. Okay, guys, uh, sponsors? Coffeesofway.com. Um, what do we talk discount about? Codes. Oh, discount codes. 
Extreme Endurance. Discount codes as well, John. We give you guys discounts. And athlinks.com. And just make sure you write your race report. Okay, John. Um, Having a great holiday up here, Bevan. Thank I'll tell you, you what, we waffle, mate, because look, we thought we'd struggle and it's already now 10. It's I do my peas. It's part of the planning process. I go through and think how long is this going to take. Do you? Sweet. What do you think when you're putting this show together? Well, just we've got all our regular different sections, yeah. and we, we never do every single one. Haven't done a joke for a while. I haven't done a rant for a, a while. Joke. You haven't done a rant. You should come do Saturday Runners. Look at that. I've recommend, I haven't got recommend me to do Saturday Running, but I've got a few people sign up for your race team thing. Oh, lately. good man. Thank you. Hello. Oh, I love your work. Yes. We'll Saturday Runners as well. Yes. Yeah, it's kicking ass. Loving it. Um, so basically just go through the process and cut, just look at what people have sent in, what I've got there, decide if James Botel stuff's gone through the radar. <laughs> James is great. He puts so much we, content. We need some age group of the weeks. That's what we need. So if you've we, got... Oh, we can do it. For the show. Oh, we didn't. We were going to do the one, Maura. Maura, we'll do your one next week because she sent it through and John accidentally deleted it and then she sent it through she again. She just sent through the name. She didn't send through any content. Maybe she did the first one you deleted uh, it. Minimal. Well, Maura... I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've seen through a few bullet points on your age group of the week. Oh, it's a bit of a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I need stats. I need info. Okay, you do like your info, don't you? Yes. You do like your info. So, you basically just go through, I go through the process and cut out bits. I was impressed with your, your work in Joe's interview. Oh, were you? Yeah, because John likes, John likes to be well prepared. Mm-hmm. He has a list of questions. Yeah. Whereas I just have a conversation. So I'll just go, okay, let's have a talk. And John, normally we would do, like, I remember when we were Pete Jacobs and wrote. Yeah. You were bored the whole time. Yeah. You were just kind of sitting there and occasionally you'd think of something. But today yeah. you, were, you were there. I was impressed. Was well, I know Joe, so. Oh, you oh, okay. Um, Outside of that, uh, so, uh, I'm what? on holiday in Kiteria. The sun's shining. The water's warm. Let's look at the long, long range forecast for Christchurch. I'm not going to a. Uh, I'm going on summer going on Sunday. What's happening this week, Bevan, or what will have happened after show is camping night with Thomas oh, at preschool. At preschool. So that's tonight. No, that's Friday. Friday night. So it's been a couple of nights. So ago. tell me the tell me the what do you have to prepare? Did you bring food? Well, they have dinner, like you could take along like a picnic or fish and chips or something for dinner. Fish and chips. So wait dinner. a second. So you you, you turn up? At what time do you, you turn up? up? I think it's like another look. Uh, it's like Five, I think maybe. Okay. And you have dinner. Where, where is preschool? Uh, it's in sort of Summerfield. Okay. Yep. Montessori. Good Montessori. Is it? Why is Montessori good? Oh, just good structure and lots of th- activities to do and, and learning activities rather than just doing yep. shit for the sake of doing it. Yep. So, uh, and then you basically you set up your tent so you don't need to sleep in a room with everyone else. No, no. Well, oh, that's good. And then uh, I'll get out Thomas's Scooby Doo ma- uh, mattress oh, and nice. thing that I bought him, and I'll be sleeping. Right. I'll be sleeping yeah. on what was the other one we bought Felicity the uh, some like princess one or something I'll be okay. sleeping on that one oh great right, right yeah. and we got a <laughs> so two man tent and put that up it's one of those don't, the tents are so easy nowadays yes, eh? yes. Yep. and I can't put my take my super duper one I bought like my six man do you have a torch because I've got a lengthen you can use oh, I might take that yeah one. you can you can borrow it yeah that'd be great yeah it's awesome and then you uh, might need to buy some of those white things but you know the, the the white thing and there's always a catch. There's always a catch. <laughs> it is an awesome because it keeps the tent kind of warm as well. So right. It's a win-win. And then basically, I guess you should go to bed whenever. There'll be lots of bedtime stories, and Thomas will be one of the first to sleep because he. They must have some games. Early. Yeah, I'd assume so. Activities. So you go to bed, and I, I think it's going to be pretty entertaining trying to get. I guess there'll be 20, 30 kids here to sleep. Yeah, because the noise tents and aren't then good. Thomas will be the first one to wake up at oh, like five thirty-six in the morning. We'll be making an early exit. Oh, you they just take off? They don't do anything in the morning. They say, go home and have breakfast, which I think is an indication of when you get up, get the hell out yeah, of here. We don't want you around. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, I can't wait to hear two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
about this. It's going to be good times. John, I had the dance floor on Saturday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, a bit of a party animal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, Kaylee, is going overseas to live. So, you know, a workmate, and I don't want to do the workmate things because our high turnover stuff, but Kaylee's a good workmate, so I turn up. And we're at, this, we're at Toast, which is, you, you're off the beer. stuff to me. <laughs> you're there every week as well. Yeah. And uh, we're at Toast. And, and admittedly, when you work in the gym industry, you are surrounded with some attractive woman. And so we're on a dance floor, and, and we're ripping up the dance floor. And in the corner, it's just doing your bed, <laughs> just standing there perving. Yeah. Like, but like seventy, really? and just standing there for like an hour, just like really? like staring and looking. It was, it was a bit creepy, mm. but he didn't look creepy. He looked like your, your granddad would look, you know, and, and like you know, kind of yeah. brown pants and all the rest of it. And he sat there for like an hour, and then eventually just left. And it was just a little bit weird. That is weird. You I, mean? I haven't got much comeback on that. No, neither really. It's a weird story, and there's not much mm. of a point to it, but it was just a little bit odd. Mm. Mm. What else is happening? Um, still not got you got in your bed spread yet? Because <laughs> 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 we talked about this last week, and we're still, it's obviously only a couple of hours later for us, but I do feel... A You're bit in the wrong. <laughs> but do you concede? Oh, yes, you concede. Oh. Got to pick your battles. Okay, pick your battles. Well, this is a small one. What, what, what's one? What's one you don't? Which one you, you've fought on? Oh, let me think about this. Which one's where you've got no baby? I actually want this. The tent. The tent. Tell me about the tent. She didn't want me to get the tent. Why not? You need a tent. You're a family. Exactly. She's not a camper at all whatsoever, and she just says this. Was she, her big point. Is what did you camp- want to get a big tent? I want to get a moderate sized tent so we can all sleep in yeah. there and it's got some separation so the kids can have so like maybe a two room yeah 500 bucks gun. yep hey, it's and, a good investment for the family and I got given some money for Christmas um, your money? More, yes and she got her present for Christmas was worth literally four times what I got so even if you got $100 it works out still within the tent range I never uh, basically hardly ever spent any money you on know, myself you don't ask for anything John no. you get your clothes for free and yes you know what, what do you buy? Very, very. Sometimes lovely. you buy a bag of chips. Yes. You know, and even that's pushing it. I am a chippy monster. Yeah, you do like your chips. Uh, so I said, no, I'm getting a tent. There you go. And I'm what, you got a two man? No, I, I could, no, I, well, I'm borrowing two man off I got my six man tent. Oh, did you? Yeah. So nice. I'm it. Have you ever actually used it? We put it up. <laughs> I tell you, it was. I had, that, was the, that was a challenging thing. I, I haven't slept in a year. I put it up. Uh, but. but down on you, Belinda. I just yeah. put the tent up. She wouldn't help me put it up. It was quite. It was, she wouldn't help you. No, but I had to because I'm going to take the kids camping. I had to figure out. I had to do it myself. Quite hard putting those tents up. Oh, by yourself. Yeah, it's a family affair. The yeah. the wife, the husband, one person down one end, yeah. past the big loopy yeah, thing it over. Was, it was, and I only had a narrow <laughs> space next to the house to do it. Like it was just wide enough next to the house to put it up. But you've got the big long those those poles that sort of. Bend in, uh, they were hitting the house and hitting the fence, and there was a few f bombs going off. <laughs> but I got it up. So, so when are you going to go camping? Uh, we'll have one night camping. We want, I want to do it when it's not cold, but when it's got reasonable darkness at night, so the kids. So it's on the next kind of month, six yeah, weeks. It'll be happening. And Belinda's not going. Well, she may have conceived that she may have to come because she's a bit worried about the kids. And very good because it's a family affair. So that's one chance. I'm on your side up. on this one, mm. and you picture fight well. So I'm going to buy the sheets. Yeah, I am. I'm going to buy them. It's going to break my heart because I'm a tight ass, but that's okay. You sh- you, sh- you get some good payback. You're okay. And hey, what happens in sheets is <laughs> can be a good thing. So, right, Iron Rust. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kick up.